Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hope you have a sweet tooth because today it's the return of the Halloween candy draft. Luke Inman, Superior Sports Talk. Yeah, second best episode of the year behind the Thanksgiving draft. Hoping for that number one overall pick today. <laughs> this is uh, Reef Hassan of Pro Football Network, and I want to note that in the original intro, Sam said sweet tooths instead of sweet teeth. <laughs> I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I just want the whole panel to know I'm willing to trade up for peanut butter. That an actual football conversation coming up in seconds on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. We are back on the Minnesota Football Party. Welcome in. I'm Sam Ekstrom of the Ron Johnson Show and Locked On Sports Minnesota. Glad you're with us. You can find me on Twitter and all of us on Twitter. I'm at Sam Ekstrom. Luke Inman, he's with Superior Sports Talk. He's at Luke underscore Spinman. Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, and the Locked On Vikings postcast at Luke Braun NFL. And Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network, at Arif Hassan. NFL coming up on today's show trade deadline speculation for the Vikings will they acquire someone before the deadline we will get into a four-minute drill with an evaluation of Quazy at the bye and we look into the Cardinals game what are the biggest subplots with Vikings Cardinals Sunday at noon quick reminder check out Lockdown Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku for a seamless viewing experience you can watch us on the big screen Amazon Fire and Roku Subscribe as well wherever you get your podcasts because we are free and available. Vikings Cardinals on Sunday. We've had plenty of time to gear up for this one. Vikings 5-1 and one coming off the bye. Cardinals 3-4. and four. Let's just get it all out there. What are the biggest subplots or talking points in your mind entering this game? Luke Inman. Yeah, I... I just got to say first, for being two non-divisional teams, these two teams have played each other an insane amount over the last 15 years. I think there was a stretch between 08 and 2012. They played each other five times in a row. Now they'll have played each other five of the last seven seasons. So kind of a lot of weird history here. Went back, watched a few of those games, checked out some box scores. For whatever reason, feels like more times than not, you just get some Weird, off-the-wall, goofy, unscripted play between these two. Last year's shootout, great example. 2016, you got a Xavier Rose and Cordero Patterson, each with a 100-yard touchdown. 2011, they're up 28-0 in the first quarter off three Adrian Peterson touchdowns. Even 2018, you get a Kirk Cousins quarterback read option rushing touchdown. Don't think we've seen one of those since. So, expect the unexpected. It, 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah, one of these. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Arizona has never won in Minnesota. You have to go back to the St. Louis Cardinals days, the football team, not the baseball team. And included in there is a, an epic Brett Favre comeback, by the way, too. But I had tip to Matt DeBritz because he clued us in on this. It goes back like 30-some years, 10 matchups, I think, Arizona coming to Minnesota. Uh, it has not been great for them. I was looking at the Cardinals' schedule, though, Arif. 
And I feel like I have a little more respect after seeing who they've played. Like, they lost to Kansas City. They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Eagles. So their quality of competition has been significantly better than the Vikings. Uh, I, I don't know if I would count the Rams among that group of teams that is demonstrating that they've had, you know, some pretty high quality competition. Obviously, losing to the Chiefs, um, you know, kind of tells us something. But you take a look at, you know, some of the wins that they've had. You know, they 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 beat the Raiders in overtime. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Saints. It just feels like, well, okay, yeah, I mean, the Vikings, you know, struggled a little bit more against the Saints than the Cardinals did. But, you know, for the most part, their quality of wins are not that high. The losses to high-quality teams that they've had, besides from the Eagles game, um, are not close, right? You know, the Eagles game, they got within three, and I think that's the closest that we have to something that tells us that they are a pretty quality team. But at the same time, the Vikings are not playing, uh, you know, that team, right? Because that team is bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see kind of what impact he has long-term. Um, but also... This Cardinals injury report is like a CVS receipt. You know, they have Max Garcia out, Dennis Gardeck out, Rodney Hudson out, DJ Humphreys out, Jalen Thompson out. Those guys are all starters, right? Like, that's huge. Uh, they also have uh, one of their backups out as well. Or I shouldn't say out, right? Did not practice, did not participate. We don't know if they'll be out for the game. But, you know, that's that's its own questions. And they have a number of, of limited participants. You know, James Conner, Zach Ertz, Cody Ford, Matt Prater, J.J. Watt. Uh, the Vikings injury report, one player, Jalen Naylor. Like, it's, full participant. It, yeah, full participant, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. Game um, changer. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's the, the team that, you know, played the Eagles within three points, the team that played the Chiefs within, I guess, 20 points, if we want to call that. Um, that's not the team that they're playing right now. Yeah, they added DeAndre Hopkins, but they've lost, you know, it seems like three offensive linemen. They've lost their best, best pass rusher in Dennis Gardeck, which is kind of cool mm -hmm. to say that that's, the, that's their best pass mm -hmm. rusher. Uh, and, uh, and and they've lost some uh, some important depth as well. So Cardinals already struggling on defense, not having a pass rusher, not having one of their starting safeties. Um I don't know. I, I, I think that, yeah, you can kind of respect some of the stuff that the Cardinals have done, but their aggregate performance is really bad, even after you account for competition. Uh, and and who they might have available to them might not help uh, help them kind of meet those standards. Well, the Anya stat, right, which I quoted on Monday, they're the worst Anya yeah, team in the NFL. Stat. Mm -hmm. My yeah. favorite stat. Luke Braun, subplots. Mm -hmm. So talking to Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals, um, they show, are viewing the this – I love it. Uh, they are viewing this as a litmus test game, which is the proper way to evaluate a game against a Kirk Cousins-led team. This is mm -hmm. where the Cardinals find out if they're real or not because the Vikings are a team that we don't know if they're real or not, which is great. Um, and I think the, the thing that stuck out to me coming out of that conversation was I don't know how the Cardinals stop Justin Jefferson. Like, I have no idea what their plan can be because Byron Murphy is their only corner that has really emerged as a quality option. And like Arif kind of went over, they just don't have enough pass rush and the Vikings offensive line is no longer the unit it was in the last few years where everybody could get pressure on them no matter who they were. Um, So I don't know how unless they go full on sell out to stop Justin Jefferson and then leave like a hobbled Trayvon Mullen on Adam Thielen. Like, I don't know how you deal with that. Um, and so I, I think both teams will be able to move the ball. I, I see this being a high scoring game because the other thing is, and, and Luke talked, talked about it a little bit. 
I don't trust the Vikings to keep contain on a mobile quarterback at all. I mean, they couldn't keep contain on Teddy Bridgewater. They've been really bad at contain. And it's not one of those things where it's uh, uh, just sort of a bug in the scheme that uh, we just give this sort of six-yard completion up and that's part of it because we're playing too high. It's not like a purposeful concession in order to do something else with the pass rush. They just screw it up a lot. They're just bad at containing mobile quarterbacks. And this is going to be one of those times where they got to get that under control like right now because otherwise Kyler Murray can put up 100 yards on him and they'll never be able to get off the field. Yeah, this is not a Cardinals-specific concern for me, but I do wonder when the shoe drops for regression. Now, the Vikings could just get better and stave off regression, but I feel like they're due to, and people you know, don't like when you point these things out because they say, win's a win. But it's all just part of the big warning sign that is the 2022 Vikings that, hey, danger might be ahead. Fumble luck has been very good. Injury luck has been very good. Turnover margin has been very good. One possession games, they've been perfect. Um, pretty soon here, the points are going to start matching the yards allowed. Like the opponent's scoring percentage is going to go up if they keep bending the way they are. Um, so when is regression going to hit these Vikings and will it all happen in the Buffalo game? Like, is that when, when everything comes to roost, can they keep great just time for it. plucking away? I mean, really, if you just get it out of the way there, that's, that's an expected yeah. loss. As long as you, you win the game. two leading up to it, right? You're playing with, if you're seven and one in Buffalo, you're playing with house money. I don't care what yeah. happens. Honestly, I might just, I might just root for Stefan Diggs to get, to get four touchdowns <laughs> in that game. That'd be fun to watch. Um, Hey, real quick, real, real quick, I don't want to go too off script, but I, I, just for Arif and Luke, who are known for watching way more film than me and Sam, and you also just talked to Alex from Lockdown, Arizona, I'm curious about Isaiah Simmons. I know he was drafted eighth overall. They tried to figure out, is he going to be in that joker role, nickelback, safety, what is he? He's been a disappointment. I know he had that pick six on Thursday night. Just overall... From a Cardinals perspective, if you're a Cardinals fan, how are you viewing him? Is still some optimism left? Like, what what should the Vikings expect sitting down and watching as a Viking fan, Isaiah Simmons? Um, I heard, a, I think it was last year, if they were to do a redraft of the 2020 draft, I'm not even sure he would have went in the first round. Has he been that bad? And is there any hope that you guys have seen when you watch a little Cardinals for Isaiah Simmons? Yeah, I'll go first because I think we should end on a note of, of someone who has talked to somebody with the Cardinals because I'm really interested in their perspective. Um, but from my view, taking a look at you know what the Cardinals do and what Isaiah Simmons has done, um, I think that he's been a, a pretty big disappointment. It's kind of one of those things where um, you know, sometimes you draft a player and you hope that they, uh, you know, have the ability to play all the positions. They could be in that joker role. And, you know, the, the up end, you know, the high end of that is somebody like a Micah Parsons, right? Or somebody like a J.J. Watt mm -hmm. back when he was a, a rookie that was able to play in any position on, on the defensive line from nose tackle to outside linebacker. You know, that's the hope, right? Um, or, or even on the Cardinals roster, somebody like Buda Baker. Um, but the reality from what I've seen from Isaiah Simmons is that, you know, his testing was fantastic, but he plays like too much of a, a stiff player. He plays, you know, without the kind of the agility, kind of like in a Taylor Mays sort of way, if you remember the, the five mm. days he was a Viking. Um, great but Viking. yeah, great, fantastic Viking. We love him. But, um, you know, if, if, if a first round pick was expected to play special teams, which we here in Minnesota are very familiar with, uh, you know, I think he'd be a pretty fantastic special teamer, but asking him to play, you know, safety and linebacker and edge rusher is asking him to play three positions that he plays 
maybe okay. You know, he's got some pretty good highlights, um, but, you know, for the most part, to, in my eyes, you know, he's been a huge disappointment. I think he had a good moment a couple of games ago, uh, or even a good game a couple of games ago, that kind of felt like uh, it might have been some sort of bastion for optimism, but I think the balance of his performance on the season has kind of reflected um, his slow uh, participation onto the roster, and then once he became a starter, um, his his disappointment. I'd be so curious to see him on a different team. Um, yes. Because the way the Cardinals yeah. use everybody is so weird. That was the like really the crux of our conversation, which is up. It's this. It's today's Locked On Vikings. It's crossover Thursday, but um, it's they kind of want to use everyone everywhere, and that sort of is the point. They want to put people sort of in weird positions that they usually aren't supposed to be in, and then use their speed to get them back into normal positions. But to do that, everybody kind of has to play out of position, and. It's interesting. Alex is pretty happy with Vance Joseph, but it kind of sounds like, you know, hey, they didn't really add that much talent defensively in the offseason. They focused a little bit more on offensive talent. And if the defense continues to struggle, Vance Joseph gets to be the scapegoat so that everybody else gets to keep their job. That seems to be his theory. <laughs> um, but what what they're doing on defense, this kind of speed-based thing, is pretty unique. And I think they're, yeah, like they're asking Isaiah Simmons to do a lot of stuff that just isn't quite perfectly in his skill set in order to set up like cool blitz packages and stuff. And maybe that's worth it. But I feel like to get a true sense for, hey, were we all just wrong about Isaiah Simmons? I feel like you got to put him on a semi-normal team that doesn't have all the internal dysfunction that the Cardinals have. Hey, yeah, and that seems to be the overall vibe for sure around him. Because yeah. remember, coming out, top five pick for sure, a top 10. But how is he going to be used? His versatility was one of the things that was so intriguing about him. But it seems like Arizona almost just never really let him get settled into and get good at one position first before spreading his a wings default, a little bit yeah. and letting him play all over. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. So speaking of like rangy defenders in the middle of the field, is this the game where Brian Asamoah starts stealing reps from Jordan Hicks and or Shannon Sullivan? Because I feel like all the signs are there. Great preseason. Tell it is. Get it, getting a couple expanding. snaps against Miami. O'Connell's shouting him out in the film review. Don, like I feel like it's happening. And Jordan Hicks is not lighting the world on fire by any means he's like 78th of 85 in coverage and what better solution than to put out like the fastest linebacker on your defense in uh, brian asamoa is this the time it's gonna increase slowly i think over this season i don't think you're gonna have like one game where boom he's the guy now but i think i do think it will trend up as the season wears onward and then in the off season, we're going to have a question about whether or not we're, we're cutting Jordan Hicks, which I believe the way his contract is structured is very much uh, a convenient option, but it does seem, if I correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody knows for sure, but I do believe that when Osmo has seen the field so far, it's been in replacement of Hicks. And mm -hmm. we talked about this on this show a few weeks ago, like, can this happen? And I thought, eh, maybe it'd be a little fast to do it this year, but here I am. Here, here it is happening right in front of us. 
he's replaced Hicks, but specifically on third down, I think. Six or seven snaps in that Chicago game, almost all on third down. So during critical parts of the game, they wanted him on the field. I think it was mostly in a quarterback spy on Justin Fields specifically. I think right away the problem is they bring in this whole new defense for everybody. Uh, you got two vets like Kendricks and Jordan Hicks they want to roll with. When you're behind those two guys, it's tough to see the field right away. But um, I think Luke's right. I think as we get going, I think it was six or seven snaps against Chicago. Uh, he's always played a lot on special teams and been has been really rock solid on special teams, even going back to the preseason. I think that's why you hear these coaches really rave about him. Um, I think you're going to slowly start to see those snaps just go up and up. Specifically, I think, replacing Hicks on those third down little sub packages, whatever Ed Donatel kind of draws up for that weekly game plan. Uh, yeah, and yep. and like, uh, like, like Luke said, or both Lukes actually, I mean, it's just been such a small – range of snaps that we've been able to see from SMO. I think that what we saw in the preseason, a lot of that was pretty impressive. A lot of that I think was really worrisome. And sometimes those occurred in the same play. And that's just something that you just need to clean up <laughs> before you see the field, right? You know, his ability to kind of, you know, chase people down from sideline to sideline is really fantastic. He's been able to work through the trash really well, but he also doesn't seem to know his gap assignment sometimes. He also doesn't seem to know what his landmarks are in zone coverage, right? And those are just mistakes that you just cannot make in the NFL. Uh, and so so, you know, he had a couple of snaps here that I think he had six, uh, you know, two weeks ago, which is, you know, something that, that Inman referenced. And, um, yeah, I, I can see this kind of as a gradual getting onto the field sort of thing, seasoning him, getting prepared for kind of what it's like, the speed of the game, how quickly you have to adapt to understanding what's happening on the field and stuff like that. But um, the kinds of things that, that concern me about SMO based off of what we saw from the preseason and training camp the kinds of things that feel like it might take a full season to, to, to resolve. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where in the second year, you know, you get a bunch of interviews where he's like, yeah, the game slowed down for me. And you're like, I don't know if this is real. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you see in the preseason that actually he, he does understand all the calls and stuff like that. And so um, that I think is, is kind of the key there. Booth. I think if Booth would have been healthy right out the gate, um, I, I would have, assumed he would have at least been in a little rotation now that apparently he is 100 percent healthy no, I yeah think so. I, I think now there's some sort of rotation i'm just curious what the rotation looks like because i think chandon sullivan's probably the most replaceable right now but you know they want booth on the outside as that boundary guy first and foremost so that likely obviously comes but to the expense of, of cam dantzler so i don't know what it all looks like but i think sunday you start to see 10 15 maybe 20 snaps for booth and then you go from there yeah, for all the stuff in just said about Asamoa, uh, that applies to Booth to a much greater extent. I don't think he should see the field on from scrimmage this year if the Vikings can help it, like unless an injury necessitates. Just redshirt, it's okay. Uh, we've got Ron Johnson coming up in moments. We'll have our gambling update for our betting segment. That's shortly after. And trade deadline conversation as well with the deadline looming. But first... BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting and basketball betting with the NBA season underway. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. Cardinals are getting some backing right now. That line has dropped from five to three and a half. Make sure you watch it all week long. BetOnline.net so you know where to sneak in with your wager. They've got up-to-the-minute scores and lines for every sport out there. Fastest and easiest way to check is betonline.net. Head to the website or on your mobile device, betonline.net, where the game starts. What's this I'm hearing? An audible? We've got an audible. Omaha, Omaha, Blue 42. <laughs> Shh. 
Should the Vikings rent okay. a high-profile player at the deadline? Interesting question, because high-profile insinuates big salary. Vikings can't absorb big salary. Are there high-profile players on rookie deals that might be attainable in a realistic world? Anyone want to take a stab at that? I, I think quarterback is maybe a Henderson trade. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a good one. I don't have anything on that level. I was just going to say Greedy Williams, if the Browns are willing to give him up. He was a second rounder a few years ago. He's still on his rookie deal. Um, if he can get any of these guys for a sixth, seventh round pick, sure. Uh, I mean, I'm for it. Maybe a, a, just another body, some more depth at corner. But uh, again, it all goes back to the cap. So you're right, Sam. I mean, slim pickings when you're looking for just rookie guys. But yeah, that's C.J. Henderson one. That That's a good example of something like that. Case Claypool? That be high profile. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I, that's kind of on the border of high profile. I mean, he feel like he's only been impressive, you know, his rookie year. But it sounds like he could potentially be in the outs. I know that a couple of people have identified him as a potential trade asset for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They obviously they have a number of receivers on the roster right now, including George Pickens, um, and they like Deontay Johnson. So they'd be able to to make that trade. I. I like Claypool, but it's just like I, the problem with the Vikings is not that the receivers are playing poorly, right? Like that's kind of the last mm -hmm. area where I would spend valuable assets to try and uh, bolster the team. So right. um, yeah, I think Claypool in theory would be good for a lot of teams. I think for the Vikings specifically would not be a great fit. Counterpoint, four wide receivers go boom. Get Brandon Cooks. He would cost you the veteran minimum on the salary cap this year. All of his money kicks it in the next two years. Acquire Brandon Cooks. Yeah, the the one and and I'm not opposed to wide receiver if the price is right. It's not like Arif said my favorite position to go get because I don't want to stifle KJ Osborne. Like I don't want to take anything away from him. Now, if you're going to change fundamentally what you're doing on offense and you're going to spread the field four wide, great. Um, but I don't feel the need to reduce or like fill in any of those top three spots. The name that I keep looking at realistically is Kawan Williams, um, who gives you cornerback help for now in the slot. Shannon Sullivan's not playing amazingly. Kawan Williams, eighth in yards per cover snap, and you get him for next year as well at a cap hit under $3 million. So you solve for depth this year, you have a nickel for next year, and Denver is in fire sale mode, maybe even coach firing mode. Um, that's the one name that, that's popped up that I appreciate. I'd be into that. I, I know yeah, PFF yeah. did the a proposal for that for like a fifth round pick. Seems good to me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I know that you mentioned Denver. I know that uh, before the season started, people were talking about, you know, the, the impressive, you know, offensive line depth that they have. They've unfortunately had to dig into it. I mean, we, they've had, um, cause I remember it was like, Hey, maybe, you know, if Quinn Miner turns the, turns the start, you could trade Graham Glasgow. Maybe, um, you know, we'll be able to kind of see, what kind of interior, you know, pass blocking capability exists on the Broncos, but um, they've had to have 155 snaps for minors. And I think that, it, or, or, or Graham Glasgow. And I think that if you feel kind of comfortable with, first of all, trading for an offensive lineman and playing them, which is a very rare circumstance, just given how important chemistry is, um, I think at least call the Broncos and say, hey, I know Graham Glasgow has had to play for you. He has not been awful. Uh, he could not be awful over here in Minnesota, and we could just, you know, put Ed Ingram on the bench. You know, uh, Glasgow does not have a long-term contract. Make sure that Ingram has the ability to 
you know, develop at his own speed instead of on the NFL field so he can kind of rebuild some good habits uh, and then move Graham Glasgow to center when Garrett Bradbury's contract is up. I've got a four-minute drill, which means we run the animation. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four-minute drill. We each get one minute to argue our point for a total of four minutes, and this is the prompt. Now that we have a six-game sample size, how are you grading Quasi's work in free agency? in terms of who he acquired and added to this roster. Let's start with Luke Braun for today's four-minute drill. One minute on the clock. Luke, you have 60 seconds. Zedaria Smith and Harrison Phillips have both been pretty gosh darn excellent. Getting Chandon Sullivan and then not even getting another rosterable slot corner is probably a mistake. I don't remember any other free agency signings, so I'm going to go off of those three decisions. That's <laughs> uh, two for three, and I think the two good ones pretty uh, outweigh the third bad one pretty hard. So, B plus. I yield my time. Incredible. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go next. So as as you pointed out adroitly there, Luke, the the big swings hit Phillips and Zadarius Smith. And basically the, the line on this is, is that Quasi got value, you know, where he, he spent money, he got talent, um, where he didn't spend money. He kind of missed, um, you know, the lower level guys, like, you know, he didn't get anything out of Albert Wilson, for instance, or Julian Taylor, um, <laughs> or, totally you know, things. the, the offensive line acquisitions have been non-factors, which is, you know, and, and there's good reason why, because the offensive line's been good. But Chris Reed, Jesse Davis, Austin Schlotman have done nothing. Uh, Johnny Mutt, Shannon Sullivan, Jordan Hicks were intermediate acquisitions. <laughs> They've nice. been only okay. And then the two big names, Phillips and Smith, have been good. So you got what you paid for in this free agency. And then don't forget about Jonathan Bullard, who maybe has, is the only one to outperform sort of the expectation. So I would put it at a solid, like, B, where you added talent where you chose to spend. It's not like you found any real diamonds in the rough, but I thought it was an adequate free agency period looking back. I forgot so many players. <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> Luke. Yeah, you kind of touched on a lot of it. The biggest decisions Quasey made, I think, were the decisions with the current roster. Remember, is he going to tear the whole thing down? Is he going to roll with what we got? Extending Kirk, reworking Thielen and Hunter's contract, declining Bradbury's fifth-year option. But free agency specifically, I think swapping Michael Pierce off with Harrison uh, Phillips has been huge. Hicks for Barr, kind of a wash. Made more sense switching to a 3-4 with Hicks, I guess. But Zedarius Smith kind of puts this thing over the edge. I think he's exactly what you expected him to be. That threat as a pass rush specialist leads the team with five and a half sacks, nine quarterback hits. The health and the age were like the two big things when you when you uh, brought him in. And it's still early on this three-year deals. But so far, I think it's been worth the money when you think about where this defense would be without him and what that would look like. Um, so all in all, when it comes to free agency, remember, he did let, let a lot of those guys walk. Mac Alexander, Barr, Sheldon Richardson, Xavier Woods, uh, whom I forget, Nick Vigil, 
Rashad Hill. The only one I would have maybe tried to keep around was Tyler Conklin. But again, with the cap, um, probably not realistic. All in all, I'd go with about a B. Solid B. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot to disagree with here. I think that one thing that we should point out is that he basically paid $500,000 for a conditional seventh round draft pick when he signed Jesse Davis and then traded him to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think you get a little bit of a boost there. I thought the Chris Reed signing was pretty good in terms of the depth. The Vikings don't have wonderful depth. So I think some of these, uh, the middle class of, of signings actually um, is, I think, a little bit better than we're advertising. You remember he had to re-sign Patrick Peterson for a one-year $4 million deal. I think that Peterson's numbers overstate his case. He is not an amazing cornerback or anything like that. But at $4 million, I think you're getting more than your value out of him right now. Um, could have gone after somebody else with Shannon Sullivan or Sean Mannion or Albert Wilson. You know, you always make you know these, these $1 to $2 million deals, and you hope that there's going to be a little bit more of a hit somewhere there. The only one, like you mentioned, was Jonathan Bullard. But I think that Zadarius Smith was a huge hit. Again, his cap hit this year is 3.3 million. Harrison Phillips, I think, is an enormous hit. His cap hit this year is 3.8 million. I am a little bit disappointed in Jordan Hicks. I think he's not doing as well. So I'm going to go, um, like with everyone else said, a B. All right. Right in that B range. Uh, we've got Ron Johnson coming up in seconds. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked on NFL. Lockdown's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts at Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Lockdown NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. And you can get Lockdown Sports Minnesota wherever you get podcasts as well. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment on our YouTube channel. You can get all of our shows on video. So while we wait for Ron Johnson, let me just set the table for our gambling segment. Uh, all of us went one and one last week. So not a lot of change, but we all did lose money because of the juice. So Reef, you're down to 725. Braun at 556. Sam at 466. And Luke still swimming in the negative at 292 in the negative. So uh, we'll still have to punish Luke. We'll still have to punish Reef. <laughs> <laughs> but Arif has bounced back, and he is he is beyond treading water at this point. He is leading the contest after being negative two weeks ago. So um, that's coming up here right around the corner. Ron Johnson joins us in a second. Um, I think that this is an interesting week, too, for the picks because, I mean, we're at the point where we could bet up to $800 max per game. I mean, we could start taking some big swings, and no one has really, except Arif, taken that kind of swing and a re it paid off majorly for a reef um no one else has had the fortitude to really go in and it might, it might be the day for me i don't know i don't know about you guys but i'm feeling a little reckless uh, i don't feel reckless now i'm at the top i'm going i want to stay there <laughs> i will get reckless if uh there is necessity but there is not yet I gotta lose. Well, like I mean, Arif laid out the blueprint. It, yeah, Arif laid out the blueprint. Doesn't matter how much you lose by. I mean, if you lose, you lose. Doesn't matter how much, right? So it's fake money. So yeah, you're right, Sam. I think uh, today might be the day we go a little bit bigger today. I, I can I can feel what you're feeling. I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can jump into the picks right now while we await uh, the arrival of Ron. Luke, you start if you want to start making your picks. Luke, you start. Then Arif. Then Braun then myself, um, and a reminder to everyone, first-time listeners, we pick one spread and one over-under each week. Started with a 1,000 mythical dollars. Uh, Inman, you can start us off, and we can start jotting them down. 
Yeah, I'm going to start with uh, my over-under first, actually. I'm going to go with the Niners-Rams in the Dome, over 43 at minus 110. McCaffrey's uh, now in that offense. Van Jefferson's coming back. Uh, 43 just seems a little low to me. I'm going to go with $450 on that over-under, minus 110, over 43 points. Whoa. Uh, Luke's letting a running back dictate his lines. Interesting. Here we go. He's not a running back, is he? <laughs> Wide receiver three. The bigger story, though, no Jaguars. Yeah, well, I was going to say he's probably saving the Jaguars for the uh, for his spread pick later. Unless any of you guys got the guts <laughs> to take them, go for it. it. Works out great. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. Trust me. Uh, who's next? Sam? You're great. You're next. You're next, Arif. Uh, cool. Uh, the Jaguars are on my list, but they are not at the top of my list, so I will leave that for someone else. Who knows if I was going to take the Jaguars or bet against them. But um, I was going to say Ravens plus two versus the Buccaneers minus 110. News came out, apparently, and these are all gossip rags, so maybe we should not pay any attention to them, that uh, Giselle Bunchen gave Tom Brady an ultimatum. Uh, that has to be weighing on his mind. Also, he's playing poorly. Also, everybody in that game seems to be injured. Uh, and so I think that in that scenario, you, you've got either the best coach, you know, is going to help you win the game or the best player on the field is going to help you win the game. Either way, the Ravens have both of that in uh, Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take Ravens plus two minus 110. I am going to bet $100. Conservative. All I right. I like has bet the Ravens as much as Luke has bet the Jags. It feels, like right. yeah. it feels like that. Correct. It feels like it. Well, I'm taking the Jags from you. They are hey. playing against the Denver Broncos, and the Denver Broncos are in fire sale mode. I am betting against a tanking team on the road led by Nathaniel Hackett, and the spread is only two points. So I'm taking Jags minus two at minus 118, and I'm going to bet $118 on it. That's a, that's a London game. London games are sneaky. Russell Wilson was doing high legs on the plane. He's feeling good. He's got the blood's flowing. Muscles this are factored loose. into my decision. The, the high legs. I thought I that was in, favor of of the in favor of the Jaguars. In favor of the Jaguars. I thought for sure yes. that was yeah. fake. The Jaguars and then you've got know how to do London. Four or five different players confirming that, yes, Russell Wilson was doing this on the plane. Yes. Yeah, we love him. He's yeah. a competitor. We love our teammates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mr. Unlimited. Uh, I'm going to go with the plucky, <laughs> super Dangerous. fun to watch Seattle Seahawks because I want to be on the train when the Giants regression hits. So I'm going to go Seattle minus three, minus 110 for $187. And I get to pick two, which means over under um, 187. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to support my fellow Sam, Sam Ellinger, and Taylor Heineke, Sam Ellinger. That's just a fun backup quarterback matchup. I think they're going to score. I think the Colts are going to be rejuvenated over 39-and-a-half Commander's Colts, and I'm going to put $146 on it. Braun, you're next. Hey, Sam, are you feeling all right? Just everything okay <laughs> you in your life? Right, dude? Yeah. You're right, man. Uh, you I'm on tilt, about? man. I'm chest. on tilt. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? You doing all right? <laughs> Anyone have a th therapist number I could borrow? 
You're in the nest. So, Go ahead, man. You're in the nest. What do you got to tell us? <laughs> PJ Walker's balling out. Falcons mm-hmm. offense out is better once. than you think. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to ball out twice Last over week. 41. Right. He's okay. in the process okay. of balling over out. 40. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Over 41 in the Panthers Falcons game minus 113. I'll put 100 bucks on it. Nice. I was going to make fun of that, but that was actually the next over under I was going to pick. So, so he did kind of snipe me. So, uh, congrats on sniping me Good, because I, I do not believe in the Falcons. Um, I'm going to take uh, over on Patriots-Jets, uh, over 40.5 points, minus 110. Uh, the Jets are no longer explosive without Breeze Hall. The Patriots have Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. I know that those are all unimpressive, but I am taking the over uh, because I don't believe the Jets have the ability to stop the Patriots offensively. I think they'll be able to figure something out. I think the Jets will be in desperation mode, get some of those points back. So I know that the circumstances of this game scream under, but I think the betters have overreacted to the quarterbacks in this game, overreacted to the lack of Brees Hall. Remember, they traded for James Robinson. Um I don't like this game. I hope not to watch it, but I do think that we'll get more than uh, 40 points. So I'm going to put $100 minus 110 over 40.5. Inman. Love it. Love it. Um, Not going to lie. Did get sniped on the Jags. That hurt. Did not think anybody was going to look at the Jags. Yep. Um, But maybe this is a good thing. Maybe there's just too much bad juju going on and and i needed to get win or lose i needed to get off this whole jags kick um i've been uh leading my second team has been the yeah thank you take one for the team it's an intervention it um (laughs) intervention how you doing dude you doing all right um the titans have been my kind of backup team all right and i like them two and at minus two and a half at houston but a lot up in the air right now with Ryan Tannehill. He just got out of the walking boot. Don't know if he's going to play. Don't love what I saw from Malik Willis last week in limited time. I'm going to go with the ah, – screw it. Vikes. Minus three and a half at home at the love bank. Because I bleed and you guys don't. 450 bucks. Run it back. Good luck, guys. Good luck this week. I've already sent out the email. You guys have the picks. Those are our wagers for the week. They're locked in. No changing them now. I think Ron Johnson is on the line. He's our guest of honor every Thursday. He hosts the Ron Johnson Show Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, roundtable on Fridays. He works for KFAN, Fox 9, Minnesota Vikings. He's a former college and pro receiver. He's Ron. Let's see who was lucky in. enough to get invited to today's party. It's time to meet our guest of honor. I gave you the full introduction there, Ron. Welcome into the show. Uh, good to have you, as always. You have obviously been on the Kirk train all year. You have not, however, been on the Kyler Murray train. Um, we did, we've done a lot of shows where you've voiced vociferously, Kirk Cousins is better than Kyler Murray. Um, how firmly do you still stand by that, and especially in light of the way the season has started for these two teams? Uh, I mean, Kyler Murray got, uh, what's his name back? DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I, I think he's a little bit better now, but the fact that him and the coach are still arguing, they're still getting into it shows that the maturity that they wanted him to, uh, change, 
the amount of money he asked for and the things they wanted him to do seems like he hadn't done that early on, which was some of the simple stuff watching film. Kirk's a film guy. Kirk's going to be in the film room. Kirk's going to be with his coach. Uh, you're not going to see Kirk tell, you know, Kevin O'Connell to chill the F out. Uh, it, it's just a different mindset, I think. And so athletically, can he run? Yes. Uh, can he extend plays? Yes. But Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, is a better quarterback. I retweeted Shannon Sharp. He still hasn't responded because I know he's waiting uh, for this game. Like, he's waiting for this game. So if, if Kirk does lay an egg, he can come over the top like he did last time and elbow me in the head. But if Kirk throws for 350 and Kyler Murray throws two interceptions, Shay Shay going to be silent. Like, I don't think Shannon going to have nothing to say about that. But, you know, I think I think Kirk's a better quarterback, in my opinion. If I had to pick between the two – Give me Kirk, especially in his contract over Kyler Murray's contract. We got to get Shannon on the show. That's the only way to settle this. We just got to have mm-hmm. the straight up debate. So, mm-hmm. if just you had to put a number on it, Ron, where is Kyler Murray ranked NFL quarterbacks right now? Well, before nobody had Jalen Hurts in their top ten, and uh, you know the past couple of weeks, you know the guys we've interviewed, uh, you know we just talked to Josh Metellus about where he thinks Kirk Cousins. We didn't want to ask him about Kyler Murray; that probably wouldn't have been good. But Josh Metellus' uh, interview is going to drop today uh, from the Ron mm-hmm. Johnson Show. So, you know, I talked to Pierre Garcon, I talked to Santana Moss, I talked to a lot of guys who are around Kirk, but then also, you know, still in football and watch it. Kyler Murray is sliding down on a lot of people's lists. So, in my opinion. Um, I, sh- I'm guess I'm going to say top 15 right now. Um, but he's definitely not top 10. Like, I don't think Kyler Murray is top 10, no, no way, shape or form. Uh, but I give him, you know, top 15, maybe I have to, and honestly I have to go through and look at it. Cause Justin Herbert, I mean, it's a lot of guys out there it's early, so it's been silent, but Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, I, I, I would not put him in the top 10 right now. Like Shay Shay picked Russell Wilson to be over Kirk Cousins. I'm not taking Kirk, Kirk Cousins on the way to London. He chilled the F out. Russell Wilson on the way to London. He's doing calisthenics and, and you know, high knees up and down the aisle, like watching film for four hours on the play. Like, bruh, just throwing a movie and chill out, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, I know What's his right? entire team, like, half sleep watching him run up and down the aisles on the plane. It was like, man, sit your ass down, man. What are you doing right now? Like, bruh, you're doing too much. Like, come on. <laughs> Luke Emmer, what do you got? Oh man, that's good. Tough to follow that. Um, never too early to talk a little draft, Ron. Nobody knows this Gophers yeah. uh, lineup and roster like you, and nobody's as good as evaluating talent like you. Who's the big names from the Gophers uh, that could be a you know maybe a, a not I don't want to say early draft pick, but in the draft discussion uh, come draft time. Uh ooh. So I think there's some guys that are going to make some decisions on whether they want to come back or not. And, and with draft mm-hmm. capital, size, skill, um, you look at, at, at Rush. Thomas Rush, I think, you know, you look at what Carter Coughlin's done. I think uh, uh, Rush is a bigger, stronger version of Carter Coughlin. And Carter Coughlin, you know, made it and, and is still with the Giants. So I think Thomas Rush could be a name. Uh, you look at Queen Carroll. I mean, a lot of people are saying he hasn't done great. But he has the size, you know, like what what would teams and John Michael Schmidt. I mean, the center is definitely going to be in the in the draft class. I don't know where I think he should be the first center taken, uh, which might happen. He is still graded as the number one center in college football by PFF standards, uh, which I don't always believe in them. Except if it goes our way, I I, I take it. Um, <laughs> if you look at like Justin Wiley, he's young, but I think he'll come up. And then Tyler Newman. Tyler Newman's been here for five years. 
Uh, so he's going to have to make a decision because it's his fifth year, but he still has more eligibility due to COVID and uh, so on and so forth. So Tyler Newbin's a kid at, at 6'2", you know, 200 plus pounds, playing safety, can catch, run fast, big, strong, can hit. He's going to have to decide, does he want to come back to Minnesota next year or are the scouts telling him what he wants to hear and say, hey, you'll be a second or third round pick or you might be a fourth or fifth round pick. And that's up to him. Does he want to go get, you know, as a fourth, fifth round, even sixth round pick? If he makes a roster, you're making over 400,000, I think, right now or come back to college. So that's a big decision. And then, of course, uh, Brevin uh, span forward. You know, he's another name that mm-hmm. is six, seven, two seventy. Uh, you know, I don't know where scouts are going to have because he doesn't have he's not piling up the stats, but he definitely when he when he flashes, he flashes like that out route against Illinois. It was very simple, but he went up and got the ball. Um, he just showed his height, his strength, his, you know, screen game last year against Indiana. He took a long screen, almost scored. So there's some things I think he's growing into that body. He's growing into that frame because he wasn't that big. He wasn't 270. Uh, so he has to learn now how to play and still be athletic with 270. So I think that's another name. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, of course, I'm being stupid. Mo Ibrahim, of course. I mean, that's an easy one. Mo Ibrahim is definitely going to be in the league. So that's an easy one that we don't even need to talk about. Do you think he's kind of solidified in that second tier of running backs behind kind of, you know, some of those top big names? Well, I mean, the only name that jumps out is that Bijan guy, I think, out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would definitely say Mo depends on the team. Depends on the team and the scheme. Uh, if it's an outside zone type team like Carolina, uh, David Cobb is there. Uh, so you could see Mo Ibram in Carolina because they lost Christian McCaffrey. They have a lot of draft capital. He fits that zone run scheme. He can catch the ball. Uh, not as fast as a Christian McCaffrey, but, I mean, David Cobb is there. Damian Wilson, former Gopher, is there with Carolina as well. So there are some Gopher ties there. Kamal Martin uh, went to Carolina. So the, the Panthers are keeping an eye on the Gophers. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mo Ibram uh, ends up a Panther, unless, you know, depend, it depends on where their picks are because it's Baker Mayfield to answer for them. Who knows? Is there a young guy? The answer, who knows? Uh, but I don't know if quarterback is coming off the board for them. So uh, mm-hmm. receiver, they got rid of Robbie Anderson. It could be running back with uh, Mo Ibram. Mm-hmm. Love it. What do you got, Bron? Speaking of Gophers getting drafted to the NFC South, uh, Tyler Johnson, free agent. Should the Vikings go in? Uh, no, no, I would say no. And, <laughs> and, not, and not for that reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay, well. I mean, I would so, so personally, personally, yes, I would love that. I would love for them to bring them here. I hope they do. I still hope they do. Um, I would love for them. But when you look at that receiver room and how crowded it is, um, where does Tyler Johnson fit? And, and, and so from a, a business standpoint for his own safety, uh, if they're saying we're going to bring you in and put you on practice squad and then they're like, well, Adam Thielen's going to be done next year. So it's going to be some open space. Great. It depends on the conversation. But if they're just bringing them in as a body uh, with Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson, there's not a lot of other like opportunities to get a fourth receiver on the field. Um, I know they were talking about OBJ. Uh, you got Tristan Jackson. You got Jalen Naylor. So uh, you do already have bodies there that, they, that they've been playing, but they don't really go four wides a ton. So I don't know if that would be, uh, you know, the best decision, but if you can get on the team and make money, hey, I'm all for it. And I do love when Gophers get to come back home. He's a, you know, he's a Minnesota kid from North uh, High School. So, yeah, from a from a personal, like, yeah, great, get him. But from a business, you know, I, I feel like there's other teams like Carolina. I mean, I feel like there's teams out there that are missing receivers after some of these trades. And still people are waiting for November 1st. So I think he'll probably get picked up after the trade deadline when teams have figured out what pieces they can get. 
All right, so I, I kind of wanted to know how important it was for uh, receivers who already have chemistry with their quarterback um, to uh, jump in partway through the season. I'm, of course, talking about DeAndre Hopkins, who uh, apparently without uh, practice or working with the team, I'm sure, uh, showed up on Thursday night, went 10 for 103. Um, but, you know, kind of in this medium term where, you know, he, he needs to be uh, introduced into the game plan, the way they're doing things this year and stuff like that. Obviously, he's going to be a pretty big threat, but how important is it that he had missed those first six weeks of the season? Is it going to be an issue in terms of their ability to generate offense through him? No, because when you have a guy that you can throw the ball up to, I mean, he calls himself Nuke. Um, like, he is an absolute, like, missile. He is a weapon. And when you can just throw the ball up to – like, I love his sound bites, too. When you watch him in DeAndre – or uh, uh, Hall, I forgot the guy's name, uh, for the Redskins – or, sorry, Washington Commanders. It was when he played. That was the team. But him and uh, – I think it was Hall. I forgot his first name, though, but from Virginia Tech or whatever. They got into it, and uh, he said, I don't start fights. I finish them. Next route, he absolutely mm -hmm. destroys his knee mm -hmm. on a comeback. Mm -hmm. And so – that's that's what nuke will get you. DeAndre Hopkins is a different type of animal, man. He's he's a, he's a he's a he's a monster on the field, and he wasn't there at practice. But right. him and yeah, Kyler yeah. Murray definitely practiced. They practiced like they definitely did some stuff outside of facility hours that did not go against the NFL's policy. Uh, whether it was go to a high school field somewhere. I mean, they're in Arizona. It's not like they have to go indoors. There's tons of space outside somewhere they can go and throw a football that doesn't fall under. Because uh, I think the rule is actually like he just can't be there during team activity. So once the team disperses, Kyler Murray and some of those receivers can come back and work with them and do some drills and do some routes. I think I'm not don't don't quote me on that, but I do know there were coaches in the NFL when I was with the coach that were supposed to be gone from the facility that I would still be in the facility at 10 p.m. and they'd be moseying in uh, just to hey I'm just here to watch some film by myself. I'm How's not working with you guys. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I. I I, I know I know there's uh I know there's rules around that. So he'll find that gray area and he definitely was not not doing anything with Kyler Murray. Like he was working with Kyler Murray. Um but I mean you saw ten catches early, I think over hundred yards. He's a monster. So it, it's gonna be a tough assignment, but I, I, I hope that the thought is you have Harrison Smith, you have Cam Bynum, you gotta shade over the top because you don't wanna end up in one on one jump balls with Nuke. Uh you you gotta be able to just, you know, blanket him and force Kyler to have to come off his first read, which he's not good at. When he comes off that first read, that's when he gets antsy and he starts doing all this stuff. If you can get him off that first read, I think you'll have him. Ron, uh, your contributions are always great. I have a really important final question, though. So we're about to draft our favorite Halloween candies and form like a candy roster. Uh, if you were picking first, what would be your first round candy pick for Halloween candy? Oh, man, it's got to be Skittles, like some type of Skittles. Not the originals, though. I, I like the ones where it has, like, the sour and then tropical. Uh, I don't mind sour Skittles, but they mess up the inside of your, your mouth if you eat too many of them. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's got to be That's some type of, of Skittle for me. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, yeah, yeah, Luke, but when you have to kiss kiss somebody, like, it's not fun after that. Um, well, that's not a problem. So, I, yeah, one, yeah, one day you'll learn, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Somebody had to say it, Ron. Somebody had to say yeah. it. <laughs> when, when you're older, Luke. When you're older. Okay. Oh, man. Um, yeah, 16-year-olds should be kissing people anyway, so we're, we're good there. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, good stuff, Ron. Uh, at three runs. Yeah, no, so Sorry, before I get off Twix. Twix is my other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elite. Twix is good. Those are two. That, I'm going to have to consider oh, those yeah. for my first round picks. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ron, as usual. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Um, and occasionally a special sh show on Thursday. Today, Josh Metellus on the show, Viking Safety. That's dropping in like an hour. So and sure he's check got that some out. good stuff for all the Avengers fans. He actually picked a Avengers roster with his teammates. So he he I like that. He was actually dialed in on the on the All Avengers right. talk. He picked himself he picked himself as one of the characters and then he I said, Hey, if Thanos shows up to Egan, who are you grabbing and who are they gonna turn into? And so he had to he had to pick a pick a group to fight Thanos. Locked on Sports great. Minnesota. Get the video, just subscribe on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe to this video as well. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Yeah, see you, Ron. Um, the Halloween candy draft is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar provides so many treats. And if you gave them out on Halloween, I mean, the neighborhood would absolutely love you because it's 100% real chocolate. They've got pumpkin pie puffs. They've got toffee almond, German chocolate cake bars. I mean, the, these are straight up perfect Halloween flavors that uh, the kids are going to love. And Parents will be happy, too, because not only are they delicious, tasty, but they're actually good for you to give you that little boost. 15 grams of protein, 16 grams, 17 grams, depending on the bar, and only about 150 calories. So check them out at Built.com. Get all the great flavors. 15% off with the promo code LOCKEDON15. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off as many Built Bars as you can put in the cart at Built.com. Halloween candy draft. This goes way back to the football machine podcast days for our diehards. Luke Braun bringing you into the fold. Um, this is the way it works. Now, can we get the draft board displayed on the screen? Now, this is a YouTube exclusive feature. You'll have to go check out the video if you're an audio listener. So I've put together four categories. Chocolate, peanut butter based, chocolate or peanut butter based candy bars. So bigger candies. Small candy, so that's like Skittles, that's Mike and Ike's. Hard candy, I think we all know what hard candy is. And then I've got a couple flex spots. There are also some miscellaneous candies that um, don't really fall into any category. Now, this is just a list, gentlemen, that I've compiled based on my own candy research. If you think of candies that are off the board, by all means, you can use them. But this is just a guide for you if you can't think like that quickly about your favorite candies so uh, do we feel confident about about how this works braun do you have any questions uh how do we determine who goes first i think it's the good question the should we just go Is in the circle not? it can be i mean go that in, was uh, an arbit arbitrary i, I but go, go in I, as gambling as, as standings order pick, i'd prefer not to oh Oh, I like, like I like, candy, no, that's good for that you. That would be, so I like, okay. yeah, okay. I, I didn't know I if we were going to flip it. Okay. Yeah. Feels no, I love this suggestion. Very smart. A reef, <laughs> then Braun, then me, and then Inman. And how perfect. Cause it goes right in the circle. So we'll go snake oh. draft, a reef. You perfect. get first pick. Braun second. Okay. When we third, do the Thanksgiving fourth. draft, we remember this is how the order is because I fully expect to be in first place in the gambling picks by then. All right. Just two more Jags picks. Right. You'll be right there. That's it. That's yeah. it. 
Um, and also, Sam, what are the rules? 10 seconds each? I mean, just for the sake of everybody and time, 10 seconds? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have a timer on you. I'm not going to let the yeah, – we'll we're not going to do a Kevin sure. Williams thing. But, uh, yeah, be, be quick. Arif, all right. So kick off the draft. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go. First of all, Luke had already kind of revealed his hand in the intro of the show, but I was gonna go with Reese's peanut butter cups anyway. I think they are an elite candy. Whenever I get the, whenever I go and get candy, I get them. We have, I believe, 48 Reese's peanut butter cups at my house right now. So, and that's not for Halloween. That's for me. Um, so that's easily my my 1.1. I did I did leak my intentions, but you know, sometimes in draft season, you leak your intentions just to see if you can't manipulate the board a little bit. And I wanted to to increase my chances of getting Twix. So I'll take Twix. Nice. Sneaky. I love it. Ron Johnson likes it too. That leaves me going next. So I mean, the chocolate peanut butter selections are easily my personal favorite, but Small candies are all on the board, so I feel like I got to go with Reese's Pieces. And Reese's is just like the, the gold medal of candy. So I'm going to go Reese's Pieces in the uh, small candy section. Yeah, it seems like there's two ways to approach this draft. Either what you would do or what you think is going to get you the most votes here when we post this later on. Uh, I'm going to go with Reese's Fast Break. I think that's the uh, last Oof. good Reese's option Unrated. left. Yes. Oh, man. And, th and then I'm going to come back with... Deserving first round pick. Appreciate, yeah, I appreciate thought that was good value last, there. honestly. Uh, and then I'm going to come back with... It seems like the people love peanut butter. I'm going to go with peanut butter M&Ms back-to-back. I'm going to get my chocolate slash mm. peanut butter out of Oof. the way and go back-to-back. -back. All right, so it comes back to me. Peanut butter M&M's. Why am I struggling here? So uh, that was a mistake on my part. This is the M&M's are all small candy. I had it in the wrong category. Um, but you get them in big bags. So like when you when you go to a house <laughs> and you get yeah. the M&M's, you're as happy as if you had gotten like the giant candy bar. I thought that was the thinking and I understood it. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for justifying my my uh, mistake there. Now the spreadsheet's giving me all kinds of trouble. Oh. All right, so it's my pick. Number six overall. Number six overall. I'm going to look in the chocolate peanut butter section. Um, I, I, th I think that 100 grand is an underrated candy, good and pick, I'm going to go pick. with it. 100 grand, sixth overall. Luke Braun. All right, I'll, uh, I'm going to stay in the chocolate category. I'll go with a time-honored classic, grab a Snickers. It's a good core there, Twix and Snickers. Okay. Twix and Snickers. build around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that was smart. I was going to take Snickers with my pick. So um, let's see. You know, that, that puts me on uh, my back foot a little bit. I think that... In order to fill out that chocolate, because it seems like we're we're pretty aggressively targeting the chocolate slash uh, peanut butter candy um, category, I'm going to round problem. that out with probably the 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 best available. I think is probably Crunch at this point in terms of the classic mm -hmm. bars there. 
Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm going to grab uh, just a giant hawk and crunch bar, be the favorite of the uh, of the neighborhood. Um, and then I've got the flex here, and now we're we're kind of I'm I'm not forced into it because I can just I, I I should say I've got the snake. Um, now I'm not forced into to taking chocolate. Um, I could uh, you know put myself into a small candy thing. Uh, and now that we've moved M and M's into small candy, I feel like I have to do it. Now these are not my favorite M and M's. I prefer the milk chocolate M and M's, but I do know that generally it seems like peanut M and M's are more popular. Um, so I'm going to grab the peanut M and M's. I know that that kind of um, uh, that texture is, is is something that kind of plays well. So I went with my favorites here for the first two picks. I'm going to go with peanut M and M's for my third pick. Love you it. Got to serve the the listening audience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean mm -hmm. sometimes you got to trust the consensus board. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Braun. Man, there's a whole bunch of options. And I like a circus lot of peanuts a just staring at you right in the face here. <laughs> okay, New England Bill um, Belichick GM draft of a candy draft right here. I have a question, and I'm sure this has been argued in a past version of this. Are, are we talking mm -hmm. like Brax candy corn, or are we talking homemade candy corn? Uh, we are talking store bought candy corn. This has been argued. All right, mm -hmm. absolutely. I, I, yeah. I figured it had been argued. Guess who started the argument? <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Had to ask. Had to ask. Uh, yeah, I'll take enough. a good Sour Patch Kids. I need a little versatility. I've got two chocolates here. Go totally on the other side and grab Sour Patch Kids. Nice. All right, that is ten overall. So that sends it back to me. Or do you get two picks here, Bron? No, it's me. It's me. Nope. No, back to yeah. Yeah, no, right. I totally get. So I've. Yeah, what do you I've still got to fill yeah, go ahead. a chocolate peanut butter. I've still got to fill a small candy. I mean, Kit, Kit Kats are really classic, but Milky Way. Now, this is a pick more for me. Milky Way is a personal favorite. I hope that the crowd likes it, too. I'm going Milky Way with the 11th overall. Boy, I got to say, having that last pick, that that I just saw a lot of good candy go off the board from my last pick. That's tough. Um I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, no kidding. Big drop off in talent here. Second tier. I'm going to go with Ron's go to Skittles. Get some, uh, little variety up on the board. I got two peanut butter options already in my lineup. Let's go completely polar opposite. Let's get some Skittles and then coming back with my next pick. Um, let's, uh, let's double down. Let's go Starburst Skittles and Starburst back to back. That one feels like a polarizing one. I was thinking about Starburst. I know that a lot of people love them, but I just see all kinds of reactions mm -hmm. to Starburst and social media, something that we have mm -hmm. access to because we have done this so often. <laughs> What's wrong it's with like, this? Yeah, this? It's like the down player, you know? You got to take yeah. the, the pink with High the volatility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping that'll cater to a certain part of the voters, but the rest of my lineup, the people who don't like Starburst, Mm -hmm. We'll still like the mm -hmm. rest of my core lineup that will get a couple votes, too. We'll see. Yeah, it's election season. Yeah, this will easily be yeah, yeah. the most controversial <laughs> segment of podcasting that we do all year. Like, we rip Kirk Cousins <laughs> on this show, and people get fired up. This will easily create more engagement. Uh, oh, it's people my are pick. screaming gonna... at their screen right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take jelly beans off the board. I think jelly beans have, you know, it's kind of a – it's a little less sure, polarizing than it. candy corn. 100%. I think a lot of I'm people are this. okay with it. 
Yeah, I, I'm just trying to build a solid roster here. I don't. I'm not. Yeah, this I'm, is, I'm going high floor. This is very high floor. Ho- your hope is that because you picked a high floor player, you basically got Hunter Renfro in the fifth round. That's what you're hoping for right now. But <laughs> man, I would have taken some swings here. Yeah, that that might not be Marcus Colston in the seventh round right there. I don't know. We'll find yeah, out. By the exactly. way, we're doing blind yeah. voting on social media. We're not going to put a Reef's name behind it so his bots can can vote for him. We're there doing we blind voting on Twitter. Yeah, there we go. Bots. As, as right. if I had raised a bot army, as if I couldn't tell them to pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> You're up, Ron. Oh, it's back to me. Um, yeah. Oh my God, you guys let me get Rolo. I'm taking Rolo. Ah, dang. We Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shoot. (laughs) Shoot. Dang. Does that come with a free dentist trip, too? All right. Yeah. yeah, So I've got a lot. I'm pretty chocolate heavy right now. I need to kind of resolve that. And I want to go, obviously, in a fruit direction, but I think I can also go. Um, you know, risk-taking direction at the same time. So uh, with Skittles off the board, which is uh, unfortunate for this particular uh, aspect of the draft, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Gummy Bears. I think that that's going to help me. That's in the small candy category. Um, That's going to get me some of that fruit that I've been missing. And then... Gummies are trendy right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, that's true. Um, And I see the Sour Patch Kids, Braun. I get it. I understand and Sour Patch Kids went where it should have gone. So no issue with the pick. But I think I can get a supercharged version of that with Warheads in my hard candy Dang. category. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely pick pick. love these growing up. Uh, in my undisclosed location, they are hard to access, and I'm missing them right now. So um, maybe maybe that's kind of motivating that pick a little bit. It's, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about players and past drafts and making comparisons I shouldn't be mm. making. But, you know, Warheads right, to me. Next Randy Moss, I get it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, uh, hopefully it's not a Troy Williamson. This is a high-risk, high-reward pick for me. But in the middle rounds, mm-hmm. that's what I think helps you win. If you're still there, we're downs. taking you. Warheads. <laughs> Love it. It was a good pick. Braun. Uh, who, Braun back to Bronx? Yeah. yeah. Back to me. Um... I am so chocolate-heavy, but the chocolate ones just are are leaping out to me. They speak to you, but I guess oh, they they do, they really do. But I think I have to be disciplined and try to go for a little bit of balance, uh, and go for a good old classic. No Halloween bag was complete without a bunch of loose tootsie pops flying around. Nice, dang, that was gonna be my this hard feels, candy. This feels more nostalgic than preferred, right? This feels just like hey, it's candy. I'm gonna build on the memories that you have, not the uh, not the candy that you prefer. That's what that feels like. Yes, in a Halloween trick or treat candy draft. That's okay. Yeah, yeah sure. That's, part of the that's what you think gets the voters. Yeah, for sure. So, so I'm gonna take a flyer. Tootsie Pops. Tootsie Pop. That's hard candy. Okay, making sure. Yep. Um, Tootsie Rolls. He does not have room for except in a flex spot. Flex spots will mm-hmm. round out the rosters, and really, that's the sixth and seventh rounds. That's where the roster mm. comes together. Yeah. That's what that's separates the contenders from the pretenders. Yeah, this is very intentionally a seven-round draft to, That's because it's a football show. Um, I'm going to go miscellaneous <laughs> because sure. who didn't get excited when somebody dropped a nerd's rope into their 
makeshift oh, I was looking at Halloween that. little yeah little pumpkin I, was, I was looking at the nerds bucket rope thing for sure. nerds rope for a flex spot with the 19th overall pick and we move on to Luke Edman dang you just sniped me uh I'm flustered nerds rope <laughs> those are solid wow I had I was targeting that the whole time that hurts um Mm. I'm actually going to go, I don't think I even see this. I'm going to go off the board right now. That's how mm. flustered I am right mm -hmm. now. New England, uh, Bill Belichick in the war room. I'm going to go um, the Square now. Assortment Chocolates um, Giardelli. Giardelli. It comes in the gold bag. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you get my the God. caramel, Holy... the dark yeah. chocolate, the sea salt caramel. You ever want to soup up um, s'mores? Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Brown, you mm -hmm. just blew my mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it up there, but pretty popular, all things considering. Usually, you can find it at your local gas station. So, I'm gonna go with that. Now, I just feel like I'm really chocolate heavy, though. That's um, fancy. So, I'll put that in the flex. And boy, you got me with that nerd. I don't know, hard candy. I'm, I'm just stumped right now. Um, I'm gonna let's see my other flex. Maybe I'll just go with my other flex. I'm going to go with uh, Lindor truffles seem to be very popular with the people. It's funny because if I were to actually draft this on my own, not trying to get votes, I'm actually a mint guy. Junior mints would be on here. Peppermint patty would be, but some people can't. Hey, what, 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 what about an eighth round, you, Sam? Uh, what? That might ruin my whole draft. <laughs> Let's I don't just know. Keep this going. I, I would lose a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I got idea. I got three Deli, more on truffles. my board. There we go. Inman with by far the classiest flex picks yeah, I've ever wow. seen. Giardelli and Lint. Yeah. Spending up. <laughs> so that kicks it back to me for pick 22. I've got a flex and a hard candy remaining. I think, I mean, there's plenty of hard candy on the board right now, so i got to look to a flex spot. And this is really, this is a big swing for me because um, you got to nail the flex spots. And there's actually a lot on the board. I can't allow this draft go by without someone taking Kit Kats. And, and that is, again, high floor pick. I'm going high floor with Kit Kats in my mm -hmm. final flex. It's pretty fair. That seems like good value for Back this late in the draft. I still think we should have an eighth round. Yeah. I think so, too. Another flex? Uh, yeah. Looking at Braun? the board, I'm seeing... It's it's starting to uh, clear out for me in terms of ones that I'm interested in. I'm kind of like Bill Belichick taking a long snapper at the end of his board. I'm going to take uh, Swedish Fish. They are a – this is a very nostalgic pick for it's me. A staple. I love Swedish it's Fish. A staple. I'll speak to, to your people, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was curious to see whether Gummy Bears or Swedish Fish would go first. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's interesting. All right, so that leaves it to me. I get two picks here. Now, before I make these picks, Sam, are you vetoing the eighth round? Yes. jeez. Okay. Oh, oh, man, that's tough. So I've got three candies in mind here, and the problem is I'm worried about how chocolate-heavy the draft is if I go with my two preferred candies uh, over um, you know, maybe a more diverse BPA. spread. Um, yep. But Follow yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right. I, I've already I've already catered to the audience of the peanut M&Ms. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just going to go for it. I think my two flex that I like, one is on this board, one is not on this board. 
First is Butterfinger. Surprised it lasted this long. I know that's a little bit of an acquired taste. I know some people have complained about Butterfingers in the past. That took me by surprise, but redone. I really enjoy them a lot. The recipe. Yeah, I know. That goes, I in, the, that goes in the first, second round. Nobody bats an eye. I'm surprised that's still up there. Right, exactly. It's just, yeah, it's, it I is thought a surprising about it. one there. Uh, and then um, my uh, my off the board pick is the Hershey's Cookies and Cream candy bar. It's a white mm-hmm. chocolate. That's great. Was that was, was that in your brain? Ron, were you going to take I was that? that Luke? Absolutely thinking about wow. doing that the entire time, and I thought nobody would think of it. Wow, yeah. uh, sniper! That is a favorite of mine. I typically do not like white chocolate, but for whatever reason, this particular construction of white chocolate with little fake Oreo bits in it, absolutely delicious. Oh, oh, I love it. I man, love it. I, love I it. am fully owned. I was, and now I'm reeling. Yeah. All right, Corn Cop, let's go. <laughs> uh, let's see, now I need to think about it. I could go with something like Lemon Drops, but I'm under the age of 80, so probably not. <laughs> Nerds is always a good. Legally? I should probably go Fruity if I'm not going to go. Since I'm so chocolate heavy, I might as well go for balance since I can, which gives mm-hmm. me a whole bunch of options. Uh, nerds, Runts, Mike and Ike, those are probably what I'm looking at here. I'm going to go with Nerds. Good pick. Safe. Yeah, ner- Nerds was was uh, one of the two fruit options I had to fill out this, this chocolate heavy roster. I understand. Yeah, yeah I got to finish up with a hard candy. Don't love hard candy, so I'll try to appeal to the masses. I don't even know what the masses enjoy for hard candy. So when I was when I was a lad, everyone got into Dum Dums because of the great uh, variety of flavors, and they were just like speaking of people who kinda... were eighty when I was a lad, uh, a wee little <laughs> lad, yeah, going to the schoolhouse, <laughs> a um, little rascal, Scalawag, a hoodlum. That was me, always in trouble in school. Dum Dums, twenty seventh. Three miles <laughs> uphill, in both mid. ways, no shoes in the snow. <laughs> I made my own shoes. What'd you go with? You went with Dum Dums, huh? Dum Dums. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Would you call me? All right. So, <laughs> waited specifically, strategically, hard candy last. Didn't like really love any of these. Nothing sticking out. Um, I feel like either Blow Pops or Jolly Ranchers. Um, gotta be the the final two here options. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with blow pops. My Kyle Hinton of my draft blow pops. Last Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> blow pops. All right. So here's what happens next. So obviously if you watched or listened, you know who picked what, but we will put a poll on social media for those that maybe didn't. And uh, we will have them vote. The voting will go from now until the next episode on Halloween, which is Monday, October 31st, and we will have the Halloween Candy Draft Champion. Uh, Good luck, gentlemen. Don't need it, but thank you. So that was a long show, but it was necessary. Uh, I'm glad we brought that back. Big thanks to Ron Johnson for joining. Big thanks to Matt DeBritz for directing, putting up with us. And make sure to like, comment, subscribe on this YouTube video, and find us wherever you get your podcasts, because we are free and available. Vikings Cardinals Sunday postcast after the game with myself and Luke Braun, and then we'll recap everything again on Monday on The Party. For Luke, Luke, Arif, I'm Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for watching, and thanks for checking out Locked on Sports Minnesota.